Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. I am your host and narrator, spring Jack. Let me take this time to wish you, almost in entirety, all of you that is, happy quarantine. The end of the Republic has never looked so fucking sad. I hope you guys are all staying safe. hope you guys are all bathing in fucking sanitizer and wrapping yourselves in toilet paper before you go to bed. But in all seriousness, hope everybody's well. Hope you guys are enjoying your nearly federally mandated forced vacation time. Um, I'm certainly not, because I have to work still. Let me take this time to give you a brief disclaimer. This show is... Allegedly, this show is offensive. Somehow people have taken offense to the accents that I do and the way that I swear... The way that I say fucking shit. So if you are one of those people, spare me the reviews on the iTunes store and turn this podcast off now, you sissy bitch. Second, I use fake commercials for companies that do not exist. They, uh, the commercials scripts were written and produced by Rockstar Games. At no point do I claim to be the creative genius behind any of these. I just think they're fucking amusing, so I play them. And since this podcast isn't monetized, suck my dick. And with no more further ado, let's get into today's story. This is a topic of conversation that I thoroughly enjoy, because it's actually like one of two things that I actually know something about. Uh, I'll spare you details on what the first one is, but this one is that which happens in backcountry. And I found a collection of what looked to be interestingly written true stories, true stories in quotation marks, from uh, a plethora of websites, some of which read it, some of them were from uh, backcountry, I don't know, buttbuddies.com or something, I don't fucking know, it wasn't that website, that doesn't exist, I hope, but let's get into it. The Life Invader Tablet. It's time to dock. The future is now. Life Invader, the social networking site, announces its now. new tablet. It's not technology. It's your life. Technology. Live it the way you want. With a device that tells you what to do. It's time to dock. The Life Invader Tablet. We've skipped a generation, so you don't have to. Live tomorrow. You will be connected to humanity. You will be docked. Invasion never felt so good. The Life Invader Tablet. All right, we're back. So I was wrong when I said back, uh, backcountry butt buddies. It's actually lovethebackcountry.com. And this is a collection of scary stories from hikers sharing the scariest thing they've ever seen while out on the trail. I was climbing Mount Fitzroy in Argentina. Everybody said it was safe to do by myself. The day began with beautiful weather. I could easily follow the signs and met quite a few people on the road. Suddenly the weather changed. Everything went dark. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. I got completely lost, and I decided I had to find my way back down to the village. The only thing I could remember was that I crossed a little river, though. I walked towards the sound of water and found it, but it had risen so much you couldn't cross it. But I knew I had to try. Why? So I looked for big stones to throw in it and tried to hold myself as I crossed. You're a fucking idiot. I almost died, but thankfully... Huh. I finally reached the other side completely wet and trembling, and I still couldn't see anything. There was no path. I had been crying and shouting for help for almost an hour. Finally, in the distance, I heard voices. A Swiss couple guided me back. 
Once I was safe, I heard an Argentine man and an American tourist were missing. Later, they found their dead bodies. What? <sighs> okay. I was backpacking in Yellowstone above the tree line at 10,000 feet. We were hiking on a ridge above a lake when all of a sudden we come across a horse skull. No body, just the skull. We got to our campsite not too far away from the lake, near where we found the horse skull. When we climb down the lake, we find the body of the horse riding on the edge of the lake with negative film strips floating in the water, laying around the shore near the body. That's weird. If it's true, that's definitely weird. I once found the diary of a homeless person. He wrote over and over again about how his third grade teacher was the only person who mattered to him. The guy's terrible handwriting made it seem even weirder. It's weird that you're reading a homeless man's diary, I think. I once was hiking camping in the Colorado mountains with a friend. We set up camp and made dinner when the cops showed up asking about a man with a knife. Bullshit. They have open carry laws in Colorado for guns. I doubt they'd get a cop call for a fucking knife. We didn't know anything about it, so we kept cooking. Later, a man from the next camp comes over and he's very drunk and he starts ranting angry about gay people. My friend was a girl, and I suppose he didn't like that. He tried to inspect our tent and we had to ask him to leave. As he turned away, I saw he had a very large knife strapped to him. Needless to say, we packed up, and we left. What? A few years ago, my friends and I were exploring near our usual camping area when we came across a small entrance to a cave. As we approached the entrance, we noticed the white piece of wood lying directly in front of the cave that looked to be about three feet long. As we finally made our way to the entrance, we realized that it wasn't a piece of wood... It was a backbone. Ugh. I was hiking alone in Sangre de Cristo Range in northern New Mexico. I had just gotten to the top of a ridge, so I stopped to take a break under a tree. I was sitting there eating a food bar when I felt a drop of something wet on my leg. It was perfectly clear, so I was surprised for it to be raining. I looked down at my leg, and the drop was red, as in blood red. I looked up to see the front half of a deer in the branches of the tree I was under. While I was looking at it, I heard a mountain lion screaming, and then I proceeded to get the fuck out of there. Well, those were all pretty fucking flaccid. Let's take a quick commercial break. On that journey to the top, you probably had to make a few sacrifices, including long-term friendships. But in Los Santos, perception is everything, and anything can be bought. You need to make a splash at social occasions and fill your fancy new house with tons of friends. If it's a glamorous occasion, we'll provide models and movie stars. If it's a business function, we'll bring along oligarchs and senior executives. Perhaps you want something a little funkier. We've got Mirror Park hipsters for hire so you can slip on your skinny jeans and show your alternative side. People of different ethnicities and sexual preferences will mingle and make you look good instead of the desperate, close-minded guy you are. Call appropriate associates today. Okay, this next segment comes from the thoughtcatalog.com. It's titled Freaks in the Wood. 17 true stories of scary encounters deep in the forest. I'm going to tell you a funny story. I was listening to another podcast that does kind of a similar setup to me. Single narrator uh, does 
internet story readings, that sort of thing. I think he takes it a little bit more seriously than I do, but he seems to be a little bit younger than me as well. So he does a good show, and I listen to him sometimes at work. I think it's the, uh, fuck, what's his name? Dark Swamp, I believe. Swamp Dweller, something to that effect. But I was listening to his shit at work one day, and I heard a story that described an experience that was told from somebody else's perspective, but that I was directly involved in. And uh, ever since then, I've been looking on the internet trying to find that same story, and I haven't been able to turn it up because he churns out a wonderful amount of content. So I don't remember which one of his podcast episodes it was on. But one day I'll find it, and one day I will laugh my dick off reading it to you. Maybe it's on this list. Who knows? Let's get started. My cousins live in North Dakota, and I spent the winter break there freshman year in college. We were at their friend's house one night drinking in her basement with some other girls, and it was really late, like 3 a.m., I was falling asleep, so I decided to walk home. They live in a desolate area with lots of snow, and it gets really cold, especially at night. But the houses weren't too far apart, and when the moon is out, it seems light enough outside. The path we always take is straight behind the house through some wooded areas and then more open land. And as I was shuffling home through the snow with my head down, I look up, and to my left, my 10 o'clock was probably 75 yards away in another direction. There was this figure walking. I saw him a split second before he saw me, and when he did, he kind of jerked his arms and shoulders a little, obviously startled from the side of me, as I was with him. I laughed out loud for some reason, just from shock or something, and gave him this weird little wave, like, oh, hey, you startled me, ha ha, sorry, kind of thing. He just stood there and stared at me. I thought he was going to say something for a second, and so I stopped, too, just looking at him. But he had on a full-face ski mask, and I could tell it was a dude, because he was really fucking tall, but he didn't say a word. So for what felt like forever, it's just me and some stranger in a ski mask looking at each other in the desolate woods. In the middle of winter, at 3 a.m. A huge chill went up my spine, and a voice said, You need to get the fuck out of here right now. So I turned and started walking as fast as I could home. I've never been that scared in my life. I was a little drunk, stoned, and very paranoid. I imagined me walking home from the opposite perspective, and the man running up behind me with an axe. So I quite literally just screamed and started sprinting as fast as I could all the way home. Thinking that this guy could easily follow my tracks in the snow and I could get, I'm going to get murdered. Luckily, I didn't. But I don't think I'll be visiting them again anytime soon. Not alone, at least. Oh, that's pretty scary. I actually believe her, too, because all the uh, signs of a true story being there were observed, in my experience. She didn't give a bunch of minute, stupid details wasn't unbelievable i believe you all right this next one i'm not sure it counts as another human being because we didn't positively identify anybody but a few years ago my friend and i were staying in a small cabin my dad had on a remote piece of land in the idaho wilderness the nearest town was 50 miles away and the nearest active road that wasn't an old logging road was about two miles from the cabin my friend and i had been bsing about and laughing in our cabin in our bunks and it was about midnight we turned off the lantern and we were trying to fall asleep when we heard something that sounded like something scraped up against the door. We both lifted our heads up and mumbled a conversation of, Did you hear something? Yeah, did you? And then in the middle of nowhere, in this remote cabin, somebody starts knocking on the door. Doesn't say anything, just knocks. Man, fucking anyone that knocks on my door, fuck you. No one knocks on my door unless they're expected. When I get surprise knocks, I hate that shit. We were both in our 30s, but we were scared shitless. We didn't say anything. 
We just lay there with our heads up staring at the door. We didn't go out until it was light out again, and there was nothing near the door that would have tapped against it. No animal tracks, nothing. Freaks me out to think about it. I believe that, too. It's probably like some poor bastard trying to do, <laughs> trying to do like a, a through-hiking trail. It's like, I just need to take a dump. Some nerdy guy who's never been backcountry before in his life sees a cab and like, oh, thank God, maybe they'll let me use the bathroom. <laughs> uh, but no luck. I camped in Northern California with a couple of friends for three months straight in uh, 2012. We were talking way out in the wilderness. The whole trip was a great success. Great success! Until we were heading south again. We set up camp a few miles outside of a tiny town, and as it was getting dark... Uh, the only thing in this town was a road, a gas station, a post office, and a bar. That's really all you need for it to be a town. In the middle of the night, we hear screaming in the distance. We could discern three different voices, but they were far, far enough away that we couldn't quite make out what was being said. And then all of a sudden, we hear a single gunshot followed by silence. Yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. I opened my tent and looked over at my friends who were looking back at me. None of us said a word. We laid back down and tried to sleep. Scariest night of my life. And a lot of people wonder if we reported this to the police. What police, bruh? You need to understand that this area has one sheriff that patrols three counties. I don't know if that's exactly how it works, man. This area of California is where Sons of Anarchy was based on... There's no... Hmm. So, okay. First of all, Oakland has a fuckload of cops. Stockton has a fuckload of cops. Lodi has a fuckload of cops. And Sons of Anarchy was filmed in Tahunga. Fuck you. But there's some truth to what goes on in these areas, like this guy. Fuck you, asshole. The sheriff is most likely in the pockets of drug runners. Where are they running drugs? In the middle of the state. It's in your best interest to put your head down and mind your own damn business unless you want to be next. We were kids with no resources, backpacks, tents, hiking through the Northwest. It would have been easy to make us disappear next. You're a fucking lying idiot. Fuck you. Bullshit. The fucking Oakland police are very well funded. And there's a shitload of them. Sons of anarchy. Charming California doesn't exist, you stupid piece of shit. Ah, uh, break time. Are you still stuck on 4G? Wiz Wireless is the only network offering incredible 9G technology. Yes, that's the ninth generation featuring the new drone. It's significantly better than the iFruit phone. How do we know that? Because we blatantly ripped off their design and improved a couple of irrelevant features. 9G, discover your future. You can't be the best if you aren't doing eight things at once on a tiny screen. The drone from Wiz Wireless. Together we're making your life nine times better. That's the promise of the ninth generation. And I'm back. I feel late to the party, but this story seems relevant. A friend and I were scoping out an area for hiking because we both we were both new to the area. It was probably 6 p.m. but pitch black because it was the dead middle of winter and you went hiking in the dead middle of winter to camp? You're a fucking idiot. When it gets dark at 4 p.m. Fuck, stupid ass. We drove down a dead-end dirt road to try to find a trailhead that we'd heard about. The road is probably only two to three miles long, and we don't see anything on our way down. We get to the dead end, 
and turn around to head back out to the main road. And about halfway from the dead end to the main road, we see a man standing at the edge of the road in tattered clothes, covered in dirt, carrying a shovel and staring at us. Fuck, that could have been me too. My friend and I both held our breath until we were back in town and asked each other if we saw the same thing. Uh, yeah, that could have been me. <laughs> Doubt it, but it could have been. Well, this one could have been me, too. It's titled, I noticed some sweaty older dude in an open Hawaiian shirt followed me into the woods. Oh, man. Hiking off the main trail along a river when I noticed some sweaty older dude in an open Hawaiian shirt has followed me into the woods. I press on until reaching a steep bank and an impasse and turn to head out past him. I swerve through a... some unpronounceable and poorly spelled word to avoid walking by him, but he stops to ask, Hey, you looking for a good time? I said, nope, and got out of there. Now, that definitely wasn't me. Mapping all livable structures for the census once, we had to take every road, open or closed, every trail that looked like it was possible to find a structure on in the backwoods of Tennessee. I was training a crew. So I would go one day with each person. Found a lot of cool stuff. Abandoned schools from the 1900s, some weird permanent campsites, all that. Once we were about four miles into the woods on foot and stumbled into a shack that had a moonshine still cooking with a coat hanging on a tree and a shotgun leaned against it. The girl I was training was all like, isn't this exciting? And I said, shut the fuck up. No, it isn't exciting at all to be the guy with a government badge finding an armed person cooking moonshine miles from anywhere. Yeah, well, that's the... You're right. I don't believe you, though, but you're right. All right. Here's another one. I work on the beach at night, looking for turtles. What? Most nights you'll see one or two people with a flashlight or a couple up towards the dunes, trying not to be seen. And most time, the moon or the sky glow is bright enough that you can see at least 20 meters in front of you. But one night, it had rained just enough so that nobody was out, and the moon was covered up with a pretty good cloud layer that even my good eyes, I couldn't see shit. I was waiting for a turtle to come up out of the water and kept hearing grunting and rustling in the dunes. Initially, I thought it was a fox or worse, a coyote, so I figured it would go on its merry way eventually. Nope, the thing sat there for an hour, making the occasional sound and jerking around. The green turtle eventually heard it and was freaked out enough to leave. They're skittish, usually. By the time I was by the water, and so... By this time, I was by the water, and so I started walking away to go find another turtle, and the sounds followed me. Only this time, it started saying things and shouting at me. Oh, hell no. I booked it. Unfortunately, my vehicle was back the other way I had come, so I waited on the other end of the beach for two hours and then decided it would probably be okay to walk back. When I get back to that spot, a drunk guy is passed out, and there's a path of cans leading into the dunes. Damn. Uh-huh. Much like a coyote, you should have made yourself big and run at it. Just saying. A trail I like backpacking is in an isolated area of Pennsylvania, and it was the setting of an odd encounter. The trail has a short section that goes over somebody's cabin property and continues on to the other side of the yard. It's marked with an orange blaze, so you can see where to go. Usually it's an empty cabin. I always do some peering inside since it's a pretty secluded spot, probably four or five miles from a major road. One time, though, I was hiking through there, and uh, this large dude was outside grilling with about 15 Bud Light cans on the ground around him. I distinctly remember him saying, Keep it moving, there's no food for you here, which I thought was funny since I didn't say anything about needing food. 
Fast forward the following year, and I decide to take my sister, my wife, and my best friend, why, why, on a trip that takes us through this very same spot. That you know isn't safe? As we are walking up on it, I see the dude is there again, which is odd, since I've hiked the trail a hundred times, and this is the only twice I've seen him. Again, he's grilling with beer cans everywhere. I see him start to give the keep it moving signal until he sees who I am and who I'm with. Now, the girls I'm traveling with are attractive, so I'm nervous all of a sudden. He asks us to stay for dinner, says he has plenty of extra food. I tell him, no, we're good. Just trying to enjoy the trail away from the comforts of home. He gets weirdly pushy about us staying, and I firmly said, no thanks. We're just passing through. I hear the dude mumble to himself as we continue past his house. And this is where things got even weirder. There's a prominent camping spot not far from the section of the trail. And it's late in my head. I want to keep going because I don't want to camp near this asshole. The consensus is everybody is pretty tired, so we set up camp. I'm nervous the whole time, thinking this drunk dude knows that there are three women in camping tents near his cabin. I never get nervous around folk I see on the trail because everybody's usually pretty nice and wonderful to talk to. This guy just felt off to me, though. Now, fast forward to the middle of the night, and sure enough, I hear somebody on the trail outside the tent. I'm just praying it's a bear at this point. Oh, man. But I hear this dude mumbling to himself, so I start to panic. I hear him now in the camp. He's going through our shit and is pissed drunk. Fuck, no. Okay, I realize I have a blowhorn in my pack that I use on the trail to scare off animals that should I encounter any while I'm on the trail. So I unzip the tent slowly and roll out, and the dude is fumbling around and is scary as hell because it's in the middle of the darkness in the middle of nowhere. I start to run towards him and blow my air horn repeatedly, and it's loud as shit. So everybody in their tent starts screaming, and the dude nearly shits his pants and starts bumbling the fuck out of there. Everybody's pretty worked up at this point, so we pack up and night hike out of there. It was the worst experience I've ever had. I believe you. Could have been handled a little better, I think, but why don't you eat his barbecue? Fuck, free food is free food. My buddies and I would hit up the desert at night and go four-wheeling on the trails. This one night, we had stopped for a break, and this guy rolls up on us. He asked if he can join us, and we said, sure. We continue riding. And as I was second to last, with him being the last one. We were pretty familiar with the trail, so I kept looking back, checking in on him, not knowing how familiar he was or experienced with his, uh, with his vehicle. So as we're approaching the hill that overlooks most of the area, I look back down and he's gone. I flag my buddies down and we go back to look for him. Nothing. We go up the hill, kill our engines, and listen for his bike or look for his lights, but it was pitch black and there wasn't a sound. From the hill, I'm sure you could see for a few miles, but there was no trace of him. We looked for him or his bike till about 3 a.m. and were unsuccessful. It still kind of bugs me that a guy just vanished like that. I hope nothing happened to the dude. This was maybe 12 years back in El Paso, Texas. A lot of riding desert areas have become heavily populated by now. We were scared out of our fucking minds, so our last thought was to call the cops. None of us had actually talked to the guy. He just rolled up on us. We asked him if he wanted to ride with us, and he just nodded yes. We watched the news like hawks for weeks after that to see if there was a body found, but it's kind of likely he was a drug runner, being that it was a border, border town. Ah, you know what? I believe that too. Take a brief message from these people that don't sponsor me. When the grid goes down, America will be plunged into decades of darkness. Are you ready? Get your complete 
Apocalypse Cadet ammunition contains foodstuffs and alcohol for three months, a massive array of armaments, cartons of cigarettes to trade with roadside wanderers. Plus, the Apocalypse Kit contains birth control, so you don't create any more mouths to feed, pornography, and a wind-up radio so you can hear news reports about the idiots who didn't prepare. It also includes a seed kit. When there's rampant cannibalism going on, what you want to do is take up gardening. Perhaps you can barter for your life with a carrot. You'll learn how to make a tourniquet, cauterize a stump if you have to saw off your arm or leg, making booby traps, bushcraft, and how to determine if your significant other has been replaced by a body double. We all know Y2K was a bust, but trust us, this one is real. We can pretty much guarantee a real apocalypse will happen soon. Order the Ammunition Apocalypse Kit today. It's an investment in the inevitable. You won't regret ammunition. Protecting your rights. I was on my wife's family ranch, which is about a thousand acres. I was scouting deer as it was deer season. I had my rifle slung on my back as I was walking through the woods. As I walk out of the woods onto one of our two dirt roads in the property, I saw two strangers sitting on the back bed of their white pickup truck. They had rifles in their hands. I approached them with a friendly wave. As I approached them, I kept my rifle slung on my back so as not to threaten them. I asked them how they're doing and what they're hunting. They said they're doing fine and they're looking for deer. I then noticed six or seven beer cans on the ground, and they asked me the same thing, and I told them that I was good and scouting deer as well. But here comes the hard part. I asked them how they got onto the property, and they began to mumble and ask me the same question. <laughs> how do you fucking get on fucking property, man? I politely told them that this was my wife's family property, and then I told them that they should leave. I told them to have a great day and started walking backwards. After about 20 yards, I turn around and start walking briskly, and I hear one shot in my direction. I hit the ground behind a bush, and another shot rang out. I hear that, <laughs> so I immediately position myself to fire upon them. I see one guy packing up, packing his gun into the back bed of the truck. I take aim at his right leg and fire. Uh, well, you technically, according to California laws at least, you broke the law at that point because he was leaving. I get up and start running into the woods. I hear screaming. After 20 minutes, I get back to my my Tahoe and I call the game warden and the local sheriff. They come out after about 30 minutes, but the poachers were gone. I told them all the details and descriptions and said I think I shot one of them in the leg. Next day I get a call from the sheriff saying they had a guy in the local ER with a GSW to the leg. <laughs> he sent me a picture via text. It was definitely the guy I shot. He survived and got four years in prison for poaching, but it was his first felony so they didn't really throw the book at him. They never found his buddy though. My wife's family has a ranch. I found poachers on it. I told them to leave. They fired on me. I fired back, hitting one of them. And he got arrested at the local ER. Well, good for you. In college, I lived near the edge of the city. And there was this road nearby that wound through some forest before opening up onto some farms. It was rarely used by cars, and people avoided walking there because there were no sidewalks, and it pretty much went nowhere. Halfway down the road was this abandoned property that had apple trees that produced a ton of fruit that always ended up on the ground. That's sad. One evening just after sunset, I passed the property on my way back from a run, so I picked my way into the brambles to steal some apples. I said steal. He said grab. After I got a couple, I circled back around some bushes to head home, and right in the, right in the middle of the path was this middle-aged man creeping towards me with his hands spread like he was hunting something. 
and I lost it. I screamed and kind of flailed my arms so the apples flung out towards him. He also jumped and said, Oh no, sorry, I thought you were a deer. <laughs> Uh-oh. And backed up into the road. He was super embarrassed and apologetic, and I was way too happy to not be getting murdered to get mad. But holy shit, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I just thought you was a little sheep or something, and you know, sometimes the sheep need to get pushed through the fence. Oh, 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 you hear me? Oh, God, that could have been worse. All right. Oh, no. The first line of this. Fuck. I was hitchhiking in Greece. <laughs> Got dropped. They have cars in Greece right now? I'm Greek, by the way. I, for those of you that are newer listeners, I am uh, pretty fucking Greek. So, forgive the shit talking. Got dropped off at a crucial fork in the road for my journey in the middle of the night by a super nice Greek guy. He was going the other way. Uh-huh. Had to camp for the night in the middle of nowhere and start again in the morning. He probably told you he was going the other way so you'd pay him more gas money. It's the land of the con man. His were the only headlights I saw from getting out of, of the vehicle uh, to walking half a mile into the woods. I set up camp had some whiskey, and started to doze off. Before I could, though, I heard footsteps coming towards me, so I start freaking out. I hear somebody right outside my tent, and I yell, I have a weapon, and start to open the tent, and they bolt. I see a figure running back towards the road. I close the tent, stay awake for another eight hours until the sun came up. Fighting a sleep-deprived, drunken sleepiness the whole night. It was the worst night of my life, but I never saw whoever it was again. It's Dancing Zorba, brother. <laughs> dancing Rapist Zorba. I used to often spend my summers bouldering with my friends by a relatively large forest that was about an hour and a half away from where I used to live. We used to spend some of the nights camping out there just to save some travel costs and time. Anyway, I think this was roughly like the third or fourth time we were out there camping. My friend had left all her climbing gear and her rucksack just outside her tent. Or we definitely think she did anyway. The next morning, all we found were her boots. A few clothes... Oh no, the next morning we found her boots, a few clothes, and her chalk powder had disappeared. We figured that it could have been completely feasible she'd misplaced it, although we were quite sure that they were next to her tent, and we didn't really want to believe that they were stolen. Anyway, we didn't read too much into it, and just stupidly said to ourselves that perhaps she'd left it by the boulders and some animal took an interest to it, maybe? I know it sounds stupid, but it was reasonable at the time. Anyway, fast forward a year, we're at the same spot as usual, sitting by our tents and chilling after having some food. Mind you, it's pitch black outside, and I only camp. The and the only camp area is lit by fire. I go somewhere a bit out of sight for a slash. What the fuck is a slash? And what do I see? A dude in a full-on ghillie suit, laying on his stomach, looking right towards our sight. Kind of stood there frozen as the dude clocks that I've just seen him and bolts it out of there. What the fuck? I don't know whether the event of the year previous was related to the ghillie suit guy, but this definitely has stuck to all of us. We haven't been back there since, which is a goddamn shame. I don't believe you, J.H.F.K. You have all the fucking speaking characteristics of a liar. I'm going to take a brief message from these fake sponsors that I wish I had. 
read the incredible self-help book that's rewriting the rules on addiction. It's the hot new addiction everyone's talking about. It's sex addiction. Finally, you can shove personal accountability straight up your ass. Leonard Etcher's remarkable 13 Steps to Heaven. Hi, I'm Leonard Etcher. Everyone's talking about it. Nobody knows what it is. Now, thanks to 13 Steps to Heaven, here's your chance to join me and become a fully blown sex addict. All the glamour of personal problems without health risks or loneliness. Guys, let's be honest. The difference for most men between being a sex addict or not is opportunity. My book will explain the myths and realities of sex addiction in an honest and easy to understand way. I'll teach you how to juggle multiple partners at once and blame your complete lack of morality and personal accountability on an addiction that doesn't exist. Pick up 13 Steps to Heaven today. Back. Out in the boonies, about to do some shooting in the woods. That's how this one starts. Fuck. Out in the boonies, about to do some shooting in the woods. Truck comes over the ridge on one lane logging road. Seeing the oncoming vehicle, we pull over as far as possible to allow them to pass, and they do not pass. They pull up as close to my vehicle as possible. I mean, inches if that. Kept our rigs from touching and shit. Two country-ass dudes in ragged clothes, drinking beer with rifles across their laps. The back of the truck is full of lumber. This was a logging area. We say, hello, then nothing. Ask if they are shooting. They say nothing. They do nothing but sit quietly and stare at us. Then a dozen vehicles come over the ridge in a line, and they're packed with lumber. Minivans with bucket seats full of lumber. A Honda Civic with a back seat full of lumber. A shotgun and trunk teeming with lumber. All of which is being illegally stolen. Can you legally steal something, you fucking hillbilly? Illegally stolen from the lumber company that failed the trees, but hasn't transported them yet. Well, okay, let me ask you this. Do fucking gold miners find a whole shitload of gold and throw it all over the ground and go home for the night? No. And we was the only witnesses. Out of cell phone range in the middle of nowhere, my buddy has his handgun drawn in low. Mine is pressed to the car door, pointed right at these guys. Do you have something that's going to blow through two car doors and through both these guys? Uh, maybe, but doubtful. We sit in complete silence till the car passes. They drive off without a word. I got a membership to arrange that next week. Fuck country-ass places. You sound pretty country yourself, old buddy. So not sure this counts as wilderness. <laughs> oh my fucking god. But me and my girlfriend did this off-trail hike and had an extremely long and steep climb to reach a small rock overhang that looked over cliffs and ocean. Sounds dangerous. As it came in view, we noticed there was an old lady already sitting up there with a sketch pad in her hand. It must not have been a very hard hike. So we started making jokes saying that maybe it wasn't a woman and it's actually Norman Bates waiting to throw us off a cliff. Fuck. So for 20 minutes, we're kidding around along these lines. And for the final approach, you could see that you could not see the top because it was steep. So finally, we get in view of the overhang. We look up. We see a dress. See two legs. And in between those two legs was a huge hairy dick. I'm just kidding. That, uh, I made that up. So we finally make it onto this tiny overhang. And the old woman turns around. And look. Holy dude. Holy fuck. It's fucking insane. It's insane looking dude wearing a dress who has his hair in small braids with rubber bands. Hey, man. Leave him alone. And to be clear, this was not a trans person looking to be herself in the wilderness. This was an escaped convict? Hardened face-looking psychopath. We said hello. 
and he said nothing but just stared at us. We tried to act like we did not just shit our Patagonias and calmly about-faced and headed down. I don't believe you. I think you're full of shit. My, I don't know if it's best friend or boyfriend, but one of the two, my BF, our dog, and I went camping up this Forest Service road in British Columbia, Canada. That I've gone to well over 20 times. Midweek, early in the season for most people, we have the place to ourselves. Around dusk, two guys bomb up the road on quads. Had to go past my car to get to the river. We didn't think anything of it. About an hour later, one guy left. Other guys still at the river. So after a bit, I go and ask if everything's all good with his quad, thinking maybe he ran out of gas and his buddy went to get more. Dude was surprised by the fact that there were people there. He had no idea that they went right past my car and our campsite. Apparently his quad was fine, so I head back to our campsite. We're peacefully making dinner, and I hear yelling over the sound of the river. Both of, the, both of us thought it was odd. But hey, people are weird. He's yelling things like, Fuck you, you ruined my life! And unintelligible angriness. About an hour of this, and we're wondering what the deal is. It's completely dark. We got the campfire going strong, and Buddy fires up his quad. We're a little bit higher up the road, maybe five feet, and he stops at the entrance to our site and says, My BF... He walks to the entrance of our site. My boyfriend walks over, and Buddy's like, is all like, oh, there's people here, and starts asking questions about how many people are here and how long we've been here for. My boyfriend lies and says there's a few of us and more coming. Smart guy. Buddy goes off in his quad, past my car, which is parked about 10 feet down the road on the way out. About 10 minutes later, he comes back past the car, past our site, and has some more strong words with the river. <laughs> Oh, I hear that. That could have been me as well. Another half hour of yelling, and he gets back on his quad, goes to drive back out, and stops right by my car. Now, we're definitely weirded out at this point and didn't want my car trashed. Boyfriend takes the hatchet like he's going to do something with it and goes to get something out of the car. Buddy's once again surprised by our presence. Leaves again, but not 20 minutes go by, and he's back. It's about 11 p.m. now. We were drinking, but now we're stone-cold sober. Buddy stops his quad just below the campsite again, and we pretend to ignore his presence and go on with our conversation. I've got 911 dialed on my phone, a hatchet beside my chair, and my hunting knife in my lap. Just about to press send when he goes to leave again. I call anyway and let the police know what's been going on, and if they find two murdered bodies, it's most likely us. Buddy came back two more times, finally left for good around 2 a.m. I don't think we got any sleep that night. I've never been so unnerved in my life, and I do a decent amount of solo camping. Never heard anything back from the police either. It still freaks me out to this day. I do believe that. A few years ago, a girlfriend and I lived in an apartment complex near some woods and a lake. I would occasionally take my banjo... Illy? Out to this... Boards on wires with a tarp hut I found in the woods. Why would you fucking go there? It sounds like someone's living there. Mostly, kids used it to smoke pot but it was also a great spot to get some real down-south picking going on. All right, all right, I can respect it. Anyway, I'm out there one night. I'm a fucking idiot. Okay, at least you admit it. Practicing chords or whatever, because I still suck at the fucking banjo. <laughs> all right. Cue sticks breaking, people shouting, and distant slivers of light shining through the hut's boards. So you know I ignore... So you know I ignore it as it all comes closer. A few minutes later... One of them comes in. He seems a little hazy. What? What the fuck? What? A few moments later, one of them comes in. He seems a little crazy. Are you the architect? No, I'm not. 
His friend waltzes in, machete in hand, and tells me he's on LSD. I play real chill as he and like four other friends come in and sit down next to me. They start telling me how euphoric they feel, how the banjo playing was euphoric. I I guess Britney Spears on the banjo has that effect. And how he brought his machete in case there were crazy woods people. (laughs) Oh, I hate when you're the crazy woods person and don't even know it. It's happened to me quite a few times. Anyway, my then-girlfriend calls. I calmly tell her I met some friends. She asked if they were high, and if I was high. When one of them shouted they were on LSD, girlfriend wanted me to come home right away. I told her I would be home as soon as possible. Really, I didn't want to just immediately upset the machete wankers just in case. Eventually, I tell them I need to get home to my girlfriend. Bonus story, I got to the apartment and got chewed out for not coming home right after she got off of work telling her I was trying to be careful around the machete LSD weasels and trying not to die, it didn't matter because she was a narcissist, like her then-dying dad. Wow. Strongly worded. I guess you didn't like her very much. Glad you're not together anymore. And it's break time. The Video Game of the Year. My name is Vladisake Abdulchinkov. A combination of all the hate. I am half Russian, half Asian, half Muslim. I will defeat the Americans. A first-person shooter with a story like no other. But Commander, they will be sending the Bravo Sierra International Elite Special Forces Ranger Squad after you. <laughs> they will never catch me. The only way into my hideout is by those planes that got stolen somewhere in the absurdly exotic last country. What's that noise? And why aren't we speaking Russian? Whiskey Sour Poontang, you are clear to fire. Righteous Slaughter 7, the innovative art of contemporary killing. How do you kill? Rated PG. Pretty much the same as the last game. All right, and I'm back. Hiking the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania for a week in 2006, my brother and I came across a young man who had hung himself. We sprinted up to the bluff where he was strung up. I wrapped my arms around his waist to take the weight off his neck while my brother cut him down with his Leatherman knife. He had thrown the rope over a tall branch and lashed it off with a clove hitch at the trunk like you'd hang a bear bag. (laughs) Must have climbed the branches and dropped once he was laced in. We probably shouldn't have even tried because he was dead for some time before we happened to cross him. Fortunately, no critters had come to tear him apart before we found him. It would have only gotten grislier from there. Called 911, ended our trip pretty fucking quick. I don't even know why we tried. It was very obvious he'd been dead for some time. I don't know how long. He was cold and smelled like shit. Intuition to help somebody and adrenaline clouds your judgment, I guess. It was kind of fucked up so I don't really remember my thought process. I believe you. We went out exploring an old abandoned quarry with some friends. We found this dude standing, staring at this rock, occasionally twitching, but he never turned around. We were pretty creeped out, so we didn't investigate and left pretty soon after. Later on that night, we found out that another friend was driving down, that, down the lane that runs parallel to the quarry, found a guy in a black coat standing in the middle of the road and wouldn't move. She was pretty freaked out and had to reverse all the way back up the lane because it was dark and he was still there. Pretty sure it was the same guy, otherwise it's just a weird goddamn coincidence. Uh. Mm-hmm. Bush Bushwalking in Australia. Me and my friend came across this weird platform-looking thing made out of rocks. 
Later that year, cops arrested some dude on suspicion of the murders of a series of backpackers who had gone missing over the course of a few years. And at the sites of several of, of these murders, uh, slightly off in the bush were these altars. Current affairs show runs footage of one. The trail and run up to it were all over the news. And yeah, it's that thing we found. The altars were typically no more than 300 yards from the victim's shallow grave. The guy who was arrested and subsequently convicted for the murders, his name is Ivan Millat, Australia's worst serial killer. The cops are pretty sure that at least one other person is involved in the murders. Uh, one more on top of the one they have in jail for the crime. They just couldn't prove it. I'll have to look that guy up. That sounds interesting. Maybe I'll have an Ivan Milat episode. I've spent various stretches of time backpacking and camping throughout the United States and seen some strange shit. My brother and I came across an abandoned trailer town of sorts that scared the shit out of us. We also came across a rundown town that was really, really small out in New Mexico that seemed to have only one person living in it. We based that on the fact that there were still some food and supplies there and a fairly fresh, perhaps just a few days old, um, a few supplies that were a few days old. We spent a couple of days there trying to find the person just to find out why they were staying in that town. We never found anybody, though. We found the skeletal remains of an unknown number of deer, ranging from bucks to fawn, ensnared in a barbed wire fence that encompassed the 10x10 area in the Ozarks. A few skulls topped the fence posts, and there was one post in the middle of this area that had a decaying deer bodies, at least two of them, but there were only six hooves jutting out of the wreckage wrapped around it. We found a dummy hanging from a tree while in the Yukon Territory in Canada, Literally out in the middle of the woods. No reason for it, as far as we know. And we also came across a dead junkie on... Oh, shit. Came across a dead junkie on a road out of Olympia. Obvious overdose, as, as he had his arm tied with a needle in his hand. Eyes were glazed over, staring straight ahead, mouth slightly ajar. Well, that's a miserable fucking story. Thank you for that, and let's take a quick break. It's MMA! The upcoming match of Brazil's Luis Cardoso versus Vice Beach's Troy Meatpacker. Half of them don't speak much English, the other are foreign. It's the noble Eastern art of eviscerating your opponent with a kidney punch while you're both wearing swimming trunks. MMA. It's a combination of skills, guts, wit, and the psychotic desire to give someone brain damage. Mixed martial arts, mixing kung fu, homoerotic wrestling, bloodlust, and merchandising. I want to see some blood, you pussies! Only on pay-per-view. I took my young children to a cave not far from the house. It was a popular spot. We had the place to ourselves. You can walk through it at about 30 minutes without too much difficulty. It has a tiny exit at the opposite end. It was pretty muddy, so we decided to turn around and head back to the entrance. Halfway back, there was a little candle sitting about 8 feet up on the side. It was definitely not there on the first trip. I went into full protective dad mode, knowing that there was likely somebody hiding in the dark while we walked the rest of the way out. Oof. I was backpacking in New Hampshire and camped out for the night after a day hike. I wandered off from our fire to go take a piss and stumbled upon a circle etched into the ground with tuning forks surrounding the circle standing up straight. It looked like a creepy ritual circle and bugged me, so I booked it to the group. It sounds like a science project to me, you fucking overreacting asshole. Pussy. Jesus Christ. I work in the outdoor field and lead trips regularly. I once led a trip 
to the top of Mount Stringer in North Carolina. It's a tough climb to get to the top and about six miles from the nearest road. I was leading a group of eight middle school kids and had one co-instructor. We were camping out on top of the mountain, and it's a beautiful night with a full moon. The kids and other co-instructors went to bed in their tents. I chose to spend the night in a hammock that night. I was really into a book I was reading, so I stayed up and read until about 10.30. I turned my headlamp off to settle it for the night. Everything around me was rather bright from the moon, and from the position I was in, I could see down the trail that we'd hiked on to get to the top. I laid there enjoying the scenery and noticed something moving on the trail. Bears are common in the area, so I perked up. As it got closer, I could tell it was a person. I said, nay, it was not a bear. We were in the middle of nowhere, and there was someone hiking up the trail with no headlamp or any gear. I was just frozen, watching this person move closer to our camp. They arrived at the top of the mountain, where we were, and just stopped. I watched as what appeared to be a man surveyed our camp. I really could only see the outline of him, though. He stood there for what seemed like 30 minutes, but may have been 10. <laughs> okay, I believe it. He then turned, sat down under a tree facing our camp. He was sitting in a way that I knew he wasn't trying to sleep. He just sat there staring. I had no idea what to do. I decided to wait it out. I waited, just staring at the man while he stared at my camp. It went on until 3.30 a.m. or so. Then he stood up, took a moment to survey my camp, and a few minutes longer, and then went back down the trail I came up on. To this day, I have no idea what it was all about, but it freaked me out. I was paranoid that we were being followed for the rest of our trip. Damn. My friends and I found a 22-year-old girl face down in the mud, both legs broken and compound fractures. She had no cell phone, no water, no food, and nothing to keep her warm. Her, f her friend was dead. What? Shit. A little backstory, my two friends and I were hiking in a pretty popular spot in our area. It's about a 150-foot waterfall that takes about 45 minutes of uphill hiking to get to. We decided to go bouldering around the bottom of the waterfall. There are various little pools and boulders where the water runs off from the waterfall. The bouldering trail is not on the main trail, and not many hikers ever veer off the main trail. When we found her, we obviously called 911 and gave her supplies we had, and eventually a helicopter showed up and they flew her to the nearest hospital. Turns out, she was hiking with her friend the night before when they both fell off the waterfall. Her friend must have gone to get help, but unfortunately died less than 100 yards from where they found the girl. So no one, no one knew she was hurt or that she was even there. It's a miracle she was still alive and mind-blowing to think what she had gone through when we found her 20 hours later. It's fucking miserable, but she did it to herself. Before we found the hiker, we were climbing the rocks in the area and taking pictures. We didn't even know the girl was in the background of the shots. And they have, they included the picture. Oh my God. Holy fucking shit. That's terrible. They included, oh man, I wish they hadn't, but they included the fucking photos of the dead body. Damn. Well, can't argue with that one. I was once canoeing the boundary waters between Minnesota and Canada. These aren't your grandpappy's backyard ponds. These boundary waters are thousands of enormous lakes interconnected with each other. Think many great lakes. Just like mini lakes. <laughs> or lakes, even. We had been canoeing and camping along the lakes for about a week at this point. We didn't really have an itinerary, just planned to boat, camp, and fish, and live off the land for two weeks. We had a GPS and a satellite phone to call a helicopter for pickup whenever we were done. What the fuck? Okay, okay, trust fund, kid. Anyway, about a week in, and we were set to canoe a few hours to the next lake. An hour or so in, and we're at the center of an extremely long and narrow lake. 
I think those are called rivers, you fucking idiot. Unfortunately, a storm started to blow, and the waves on the lake swelled to two feet. That's uh, truly terrifying. You have my deepest condolences. Too much for our dinky canoes. What, were you paddling on a fucking surfboard? What the hell, man? We pull off to a random clearing on the shore and set up camp in a rush to avoid being totally thrashed by a rainstorm. We set up camp and hunkered down for the night. Oh, you didn't want to call your helicopter to fucking take you to the Hilton? By the next morning, it had cleared up. We started walking up the coast of the lake about 200 feet from our camp looking for a good fishing spot. Fucking Albertsons? You're not going to clean a fish if you catch it? What the fuck? We actually found another campsite. However, it was wrecked. Trash everywhere. Tent collapsed and torn. Clothes on the ground. At first, we were just, like, disgusted at what assholes would do this. Or, who left their shit out to be barefoot? <sighs> Fucking yuppies. The more we looked around, though, the weirder things seemed still. For one, their shit was still hoisted into the tree to keep it safe from pears. But the whole bag was ripped open despite being 30 feet in the air. Whoa. Second, literally everything except the canoes were still at the campsite. Clothes, packs, food, rope, pans. Like a serious set of uh, hiking equipment. Enough for two or three people. Half of it was trashed and torn open, mostly the packs, tents, and clothes. The other half was unmolested but thrown all over the ground like somebody just ran the fuck out of there. I refuse to say noped out of there. I'm not using that fucking expression. So uh, that's what he said because he's a fucking idiot. Uh, nothing but long johns. They ran out of there wearing nothing but long johns, ditching hundreds of dollars of gear in the process. We waited a couple hours and eventually called it back to our helicopter crew. But they hadn't been aware of anybody else or gotten any distress calls. So we eventually just left everything and moved camp. Everybody was pretty upset by it, and a day or two later, we ended the whole trip early because it seemed like nobody wanted to be out there anymore. You guys are pussies. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. First thought was a bear attack, and there was food left uneaten. And I've seen bear attacks on camp before us, but nothing like this. Bears rip the packages and go after the food, and are generally pretty easy to scare away. What still sticks with me is why are all their clothes and packs were still there, being half destroyed and half being untouched. I still don't get it. Because nothing says you mean business like breaking your own shit when you're mad. Come on, man. Think about it. You're not... Yeah, well, you are that dumb. I've done a lot of camping and hiking, rafting and biking all around the country, and I've never had any other weird experiences like that. Well, no, not at the tennis club, you fucking asshole. So this happened to me back in the 80s when I was in my 20s. On occasion, I would go car camping with my yellow tiger cat, Oberon. All right, man, I hate cats, but I can't fault that. That's a pretty cool name, and that's fun. You took him camping. He had an overpipe, drooled, and a monster purr, and he was pretty awesome. All right. All right. He loved riding in the car. My solo camping was stupid, and I cannot recommend it. But I needed the solitude, and I needed the bravery. I would drive up roads, some Bureau of Land Management roads, some National Forest, some disguised or disused logging roads. I wouldn't go too far. I'd just find a spot that looked nice enough, pull off the road as far as I could, set up a small camp, and stay for the night or two. Just reading, birdwatching, painting, being with my cat, spending time, being myself. All right. One day I went up the road and found a pretty meadow with a small stream curving around through trees. It was a perfect place. The cat and I walked around a bit, checking it out. At the side of the meadow near the road was a large flat round rock, and it was a perfect table. I always packed good food, and I liked a bit of elegance. 
So I set out a placemat, cloth napkin, an unopened bottle of dark beer, my sandwich still wrapped in foil, on my plate, cookies and a bowl of kibble for Oberon. He had wandered a bit, and I went to go get him. We went into the trees and wandered around for a bit. It was a very lovely day, warm, sunny, with a light breeze, and the whole area was extremely beautiful. We were not out of sight of my car and the rock for very long, maybe 15 minutes. I picked up the cat and walked back, looking forward to lunch. When we got to the rock, it was gone, eaten. The foil was crumpled into a ball, the beer was empty, with the opener next to the bottle. Cookies gone, sandwich gone, napkin, napkin folded loosely, and a knife laid across the plate. It was an oh-shit feeling. I ran for the car, tossed the cat in, started the car, turned around, headed back down towards the hill. I don't know why I have this guy in my mind. I imagine him in, like, a Trabant or a fucking, uh, like, a Mini Cooper, like an old one. Then I thought, what if whoever ate my food was hiding in my back seat? I stopped heart-pounding, checked out the back, everything was okay, and headed back to town and friends, who were understandably freaked out by my story. I still camped after that, though, but it took a while for my courage to return. <sighs> that's frightening. But it's probably just some fucking guy that's hiking through. Oh, shit. You move your feet, lose your sandwich. <laughs> just grabbed it up. I could see myself doing that if I was an asshole. I'm pretty sure our dogs found a radius bone of a kidnapped and murdered girl, Heather Dawn Church, while hiking off-trail outside Colorado Springs as a biology major. Wow, you fucking suck at writing. I hope you're good at science. As a biology major who remembered some from my anatomy class, I thought the bones looked like they came from a small human. My friends convinced me I was being dramatic, and I forgot about it. A couple years later, her body was found in the exact same area. That's what I say to you. A shed behind an abandoned house with a steel-reinforced door broken off the hinges. The windows of the shed were boarded up from the outside, and the only thing the shed, inside the shed was a queen-size bed with shredded, partly singed white sheets. That sounds like the fuck motel to me. For teenagers. This is a story from my friend from college. She was in middle school or so when she went on some hiking trips through the woods with a club she was part of. It had started to get dark, so the older group leaders decided to lead everybody back. However, it quickly became apparent that they didn't quite know where they were. It was getting darker and darker, and they still weren't able to figure it out, and they didn't know where they were. Eventually, they stumbled upon a small cabin. Without many options, the group leaders decided to ask whoever's in it if the group could stay the night. They approached the door and knocked, but there was no answer. They knocked a couple more times with still no response. They tried the handle and found the cabin was unlocked. As they entered... They were pretty freaked out by what they saw. Along the wall were several pairs of shoes. Scattered along another wall were a few bed frames. But the most startling thing was that the walls were just covered in chicken scratch writing. Dude, it's an abandoned, derelict site in the wilderness. They all look like that. Everybody was freaked out, but it was too dark at this point to risk wandering into the woods blindly again. <sighs> the group hunkered down on the floor. They didn't get much sleep, but when the daylight broke, they got out of there. Weak... A group of friends were staying at this remote cabin that one of my friend's cousins owned. There were no roads leading to the cabin, and it was a good three quarters. It was a good 75, a three-quarter day hike from where you parked the cars. I couldn't go at the same time as everybody else due to work obligations, so I decided to head up the same day, but later. It would mean I would have to camp for a night by myself, though. The latter part of the trail is too dangerous to be taken at night, especially by somebody who doesn't know it. 
I didn't care. I was kind of looking forward to it as I've never camped alone before. Oh, there are weird noises, sir. So I was in the middle of these woods when the sun went down. I got to my camp, set it up in a small clearing, probably 40 feet across. Get my campfire going, pitch my small one-person tent, do all the camping shit, like cooking hot dogs on a stick over a fire and s'mores. I probably stayed up for a good two to three hours after dark. It was mid-autumn, so the days were somewhat short. The entire time, I thought I heard shit moving in the woods on the edge of the clearing. I didn't think anything of it first because the woods are full of animals, but as the night went on, I realized that whatever it was was just circling the clearing over and over again. Once I started paying attention, it made four or five laps around before I decided to get up and investigate. The noises stopped as soon as I stood up, and I thought I heard some sounds of it going away through the woods. I shrugged it off, thinking it was a fox. And I thought it was curious that a fox got scared when I stood up. I decided it's time to sleep, doused the fire, climbed into my tent, and started to doze off, and stayed in that half-asleep, half-awake state for a while. I normally hear weird shit when I'm in this state, so I didn't think much of it when I heard a voice. Something woke me up all the way, and then I realized the voice is real and right outside my tent. It was just above a whisper, and I'm not sure if it was another language or if they were speaking English in such a way I couldn't understand. I lay there for some time, I don't know how long, listening and waiting for something to happen. There is just just enough moonlight to light up the walls of the tent so I could see when a hand pressed into the wall of my tent down near my foot. Ooh, this freaked me, up, so, freaked me out, so I sat up quickly. Whoever was outside of the tent tore ass out of there. <laughs> I don't know where, you, where you're from, but where I come from, tearing ass means you're fucking farting. Like running full sprint through the woods. I got out of the tent and shined my flashlight around, saw nothing. I was expecting there to be a bloody handprint on the tent, but no. Didn't sleep that night, packed up camp at first light, and booked it to the cabin. Huh. This past winter, I hiked one of the peaks in the ADKs with a buddy of mine and camped out overnight. Everything was fine. The entire first day we were there, I had a great night's sleep, woke up early to hike back to the parking area. On the way back down the trail, my friend and I noticed that someone else had been hiking as well. About a mile after walking, I stopped and saw that my full name, first and last, was drawn into the snow on the side of the footpath. I ain't done it. Neither did my friend. It was snowing a bit throughout the night, and it was drawn the day before. The snow would have covered it up. So we got a bit freaked out and decided to hustle back to our car so we could get the fuck out of there. We finally get back to the parking area, and I go to sign myself out of the registry book. Oh, you use your full name? When I turn the page to where I signed in, I see that somebody had scribbled out all my information to where you couldn't read it anymore. No one else has signed the book besides myself for three days. I will not be going back there. That happened to, not exactly like that, but I was running cross-country in high school, and somebody wrote one of the guys I was running with full name with a stick in, uh, in the trail, but we had gone the wrong way, and we were definitely not actually trying, so we were kind of just walking, and... It wasn't written on a trail that we were supposed to be on. So, like, anyone from our team would have written it somewhere else because the trail that we were supposed to be on was across the park and we were running on one that we shouldn't have been running on. But his name was there, carved into the dirt, just the same. I'm certain it was a prank and not, like, an evil spirit of the woods, man. But it still frightened me. It still frightened him. I think it frightened uh, the other pussy kid that was with us more. I don't remember who it was, but I know he was scared. <laughs> Bit of a conspiracy theorist. But anyway, on that note, I want to thank you all for 
tuning into Anthology of Horror. Hopefully this helps break up your fucking coronavirus quarantine, if that's what you're experiencing. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay spooky.